With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is breaking news on the That's Good Sports Podcast. The news has been broke. It, we, fuck it, we're breaking it. Uh, while Will and I were, were recording the normal podcast, it was announced that Broncos owner Pat Bowen has been selected as a finalist for a contributor to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he will be voted on February 2nd to see if he makes it in. All he needs to do is receive 80% of the votes from the uh, people in the room. And if there is somebody in that room who doesn't vote Pat Bolin into the Hall of Fame, it is safe to assume they have no soul, are a giant asshole, and shouldn't be on the committee anyway. So it's pretty much safe to say Pat Bolin finally getting into the Hall of Fame as Denver Broncos owner. He joined the team in 1984, of course, the same year I was born. So a little bit of fate or destiny there, if you will. And in his 30-year run as owner of the, the team, or 31, however long, however long before it went over to a trust, uh, he was the only owner in NFL history to have his team never lose a football game. So uh, that's, I mean, I think the thing that Pat Bolin is most famous for is the Broncos, since he took over in 1984, have never lost a football game. Of course, you know, uh, one year, he took over the team one year after John Elway got in there. Uh, Elway finished his career never losing a Super Bowl. Uh, he did a lot for the NFL in terms of he sealed the deal for a lot of the, te- the television rights. So he helped make the NFL richer, rich as, rich as hell, rich, like, billion, like Axelrod from Billions Rich. And, uh, of course, he was an advocate for making the game more dangerous. Uh, now everybody wants to make it safer, but Pat Bowen was always about making it more dangerous. And he, but he loved his players. He took great care of the players and respected them more than all of the other NFL owners combined. So all the NFL, other NFL owners only have a little bit of respect for the players. Pat Bolin always had more than them. And yeah, just a really good day for, for Broncos country and wanted to make that announcement since we didn't catch it before. Uh, well, it happened while we were recording. So now we can start the podcast. Hey, welcome to the That's Good Sports Podcast. This is a podcast voice. I am Brandon Perna here with William Will, the man with the big old muscles keys. Uh, So I have some big news. Um, After what was a pretty embarrassing week for me, I turned off my notifications. So I'm I'm a changed man. I'm a changed person. Rough, Rough week for you in the comments, Will? Maybe. Uh, people were accusing me of being a jerk, a uh, notification jerk. And to be honest, 
I, <laughs> I can't defend myself. Like, they're right. I was wrong. That's uh, the one thing I've learned is internet commenters are always 100% correct and accurate at judging your character, not just yeah. as a, as like a, a person, you know, making a piece of creative content, but as a human being. I think inter- internet commenters, specifically YouTube, are the pillars of society. Yeah, they're exactly. The, they're the glue. They're the fabric of society. They hold us all together. So it's it's been a rough week for Will uh, in this podcast here of That's Good Sports Podcasting. Uh, we're going to talk Correct. about the Broncos for the first half and then the NFL for the second half. On the docket today, we've got uh, a little bit of uh, what our takeaways from the Broncos-Bears game were and heading into Broncos versus Redskins sort of preview. We're going to talk about Carlos Henderson's return. Uh, Sue Cravens a little bit here. And then with NFL news, we've got Adrian Peterson going to Washington. Uh, the Chiefs cut Sharkandrick West. Raiders signed Dominique Rogers cromarty The helmet rule and its insanity. And uh, a new segment Will is putting together called Take Hunters. It's nothing like House Hunter. So if you love that show, you will hate this. Yes. Uh, and before we get started... Please, this podcast is on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, Give us a rating in iTunes. Like, you got to rate us with five stars or else iTunes tells us to go fuck ourselves and makes us die in obscurity of uh, the podcast land because there are a billion podcasts now. So if you're watching on That's Good Broncos uh, YouTube channel and you want to find it somewhere else and listen to it on your phones, Podbean, iTunes, That's Good Sports Podcast. And yeah. That's what, those are the things you have to say to start a podcast, Will. Yeah, also uh, like and subscribe, I think. That's, right. that's a YouTube thing though, right? Yeah, like, liking yeah. the videos and commenting in the videos like helps the algorithm. And if people don't do that, YouTube's like, well, this video sucks, so nobody right. needs to see it. Yeah, uh, most, most like YouTubers start off like, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, make sure to smash that like and subscribe button. So Yeah. And usually they're in eighth grade. So. Yeah, and they and usually they have like a million more subscribers than me. It makes it really doesn't make a lot of sense, but I feel like if I had muscles and could have my shirt off more, that might help. I know one said you couldn't take your shirt off. Well, I have, but I seem to lose <laughs> subscribers every time yeah. I do it. Oh, that's that's their own fault, pal. Um, ask me how I'm doing, Will. Hey, Brandon, how are you doing? You know what, Will? Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm a little frustrated right now because I was trying Why to get. Why are you frustrated? I was trying to get my my Broncos Redskins preview video up before we started this podcast, and I edit all the videos in Adobe Premiere. And sometimes Adobe Premiere likes to do this thing, where is this, when you is this like a really hold on? Is this like a really intricate ad read that you're doing for Adobe? No, Premiere? no, because oh. I'm about to the shit opposite? on it. What if they try to? I love it? I love Adobe Premiere, but it does this thing every now and then when you try and export a video. Video editors out there are going to understand this, where it just says uh, "file error unknown can export video." So it does this thing where it won't export your video, and it tells you nothing about how to solve the issue, and you just have to fucking guess what the problem is. And sometimes that is easy to figure out, and sometimes it's hard to figure out. Uh, and what I've learned 
is it's almost always an image that has a resolution that's too high. So video editor tips out there, if Premiere keeps crashing on your ass for no reason, and I don't know why I haven't learned this because it's happened like 10 times every fucking season, uh, it's because of an image probably being too big. And I don't know why it can't handle a high res image, but it can handle higher, higher res video. And in this episode, the image was a selfie I took as a joke of my ass in the mirror. And it took me five times to realize it was my own stupid picture that was fucking up my video. So I needed to get that off my chest. How, how are you taking, I had are you to taking like 5,000 by 5,000 pixel selfies of your butt? It was 3,000 by like 2,600. And I don't, I, my phone must be set to HDR image mode and I need to change it. Yeah. Okay. Ansel Adams. Uh, also because I've got that 128 gigs of space on my phone. Will. no, oh, Hey, can't argue. Which is almost, almost full by the way. That's how I live. <laughs> Big trouble in little Colorado. Okay. So let's start it. What are we starting with? Okay. So I thought we would kick things off by talking about the game that was played last Saturday night. It's been a while already. It's Thursday. But yeah, it's almost like too late to even discuss it, right? Yeah, I think we can get into it a little <laughs> bit. Um, I don't know. Fucking let's move ahead. No, okay. So some quick takeaways. Did you take away anything meaningful from the game? I know you didn't watch it live, but I'm sure you watched a few replays. Uh, well, I, yeah, I watched it. I watched the whole thing later that night because I was at a wedding. That's the kind of commitment I have to my stupid. If you're really committed, you would have watched it at the wedding. So Yeah, I would have. But I thought that was a little rude, you know. I think, uh, it's rude. I think it's rude to have a wedding during a preseason game. So, Yeah, and I guess I've already – yeah, no, that's very true. Um, <laughs> it's like do it on Friday or Sunday if the Broncos are playing Saturday or do it way earlier. Uh, I think – I mean, because I kind of already talked about this, but it's like I thought the offense, the first string offense looked better uh although they went three and out again to start the game i'm just getting a little tired of of seeing that uh i think still the biggest area of concern is the cornerback group for the broncos uh you know chris harris was out so we got to see a little bit more of tremaine brock but i want to see and i think we'll get to see that this week as brock roby and harris all on the field at the same time uh, everybody's talking about how they think isaac Yidem looks good despite you know getting worked in the preseason and he's been targeted a, a, a ton but and given up you know a lot of plays uh, I wish I was better at evaluating football so I could be like yeah you know he's in position he's gonna he's gonna get there but my area my concern is is kind of that group uh, I'm excited about Demarcus Walker I think the pressure on the the defensive line from him and Shelby Harris is going to be nice this season. And if they're getting sort of that interior pressure, I've got very high hopes for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Those are kind of the things I'm noticing. Uh, but really, we're going to, I think, learn a lot more uh, tomorrow night when they play Washington. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the things that I really thought were notable were that Royce Freeman, I think, looks like pretty much far and away the lead back over Devontae Booker. He didn't really bust out any long, impressive runs like he did uh, with that touchdown run against the Vikings. 
But he just, like, he's a good automatic four or five yards. Um, he's able to, like, jump cut in the backfield and avoid uh, interior pressure uh, on inside runs like we saw with that five-yard touchdown run. Uh, so that's a really valuable trait for a running back to have. Yeah, his little, like, uh, sidestep move in the backfield there because he could have got – he could have uh, been yeah. tackled for a loss. But, uh, you know, it was a short run, but it was actually very impressive. Yeah, like you see, like he does the little things pretty well as a runner, which I think you can probably attribute to him playing four years at Oregon. I think it was four years, right? He played for yeah, I think so. He had forever. Oh, yeah. I think he had like eighty thousand carries there. <laughs> yeah, so like over the course of eighty thousand carries, like he learned a couple of things, and I think that's one of them. You could uh, say Royce Freeman does all the little things well, and the little running back Philip Lindsay does all the big things well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you could say that, Will. Jesus Christ. All right, let's end the let's just end the show early. Um Okay, moving on. Uh I also but, like the But you have yeah. to admit you could say that, Will. It's certainly a thing you could say. Okay, thank you. That's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> the chemistry between Case Keenum and the receivers, I think, was pretty strong. Uh I really like that crossing route that he threw to Deshaun Hamilton. Right, I think the first first yeah. first down of Case Keenum's career with the Broncos, um, and then obviously three passes to Emmanuel Sanders that connected. A couple that didn't, but you know I think that'll just get sorted out over time. And I lo- I like the trust to throw the deep ball to Cortland Sutton and get that PI because if you can get, if you can get like a big physical guy that is going to come back through the defender and get contact and either catch the ball or get passionate fans right. like. What more can you want? Like, that's how, that's how Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. But don't you think that pass to, to Sutton was underthrown? And if he would have just was. hit him in stride, he would have scored a touchdown there? Yes, I do think so. But I like the decision-making, and I like, right. the, you know, the ball. Here, here's a question I have, because what everybody's talking – well, I heard uh, – let's see who the fuck – Brian Greasy basically yeah. said – he was talking about Keenum, like, developing his timing with the receivers and they run different routes kind of than in Minnesota. So he'll get a little more accurate, uh, you know, as things progress, which I think is partially true. But what I wanted to like ask you like is, do you think there's any bit of concern with Keenum looking kind of off target on these throws? Or do you think that is something that's going to just get better as he gets more comfortable in the offense? I mean, the two misses were just footwork, really. And I think that just happens from time to time. Like, it just so, like the Deshaun Hamilton pass was really close. The Emmanuel Sanders pass, he sailed, and that just happens from time to time. So Yeah, so I think, I'm like, the, the Hamilton pass, yeah, I think that one's timing. He's just a, a, a little overthrown. The Emmanuel Sanders one, I think he sees Sanders too late, but uh, he wasn't even close with that one. I, and the Sutton one, uh, I wish he would he would have hit in stride, but it, you know it worked out, and I think it's just something to kind of pay attention to. And Keenum's proved that he's an accurate quarterback, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's a guy who's had problems in the past, but it's been something that people have talked about all week. So I yeah, see what you said. Another thing I noticed too is that he's got a really really quick release, and like that paired with the fact that he gets rid of the ball really quickly. Yeah, it's going to make the offensive line look a lot better than it is. It's, that's already, it's already done that. Two, yeah, that's something they didn't have for the last two years. Obviously, are you uh, concerned about Ron Ron Leary in his knee injury? 
I am always he's concerned a- about knee injuries, so yes. Because <laughs> he's a game-time decision still. He's been basically sidelined all offseason, so. Yeah, I would rather they not have to, like, put in Max Garcia at left guard. Uh, so that could be a little dicey. I think a lot of it will come down to, like, how well does McGovern move over to the other side if necessary and, like, you need to put Garcia in there at right guard. Um, how long does it take to get Sam Jones, the fifth or sixth-round pick on the field? Yeah, the he's guard. hurt too. He's not playing. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so that's one thing to look at. Hopefully <laughs> he gets better. Are you having a seizure? No. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, those are my takeaways. Obviously, Chad Kelly, I think – Everybody's gotten their Chad Kelly takes in. Looks really good. What more can you say? He looks so good. So the other thing that happened, uh, (laughs) Carlos Henderson returned to Broncos practice this week. Uh, If you don't know, Carlos Henderson, what, third-round draft pick last year? uh, Yeah. Was on on IR all last season and then just didn't show up to camp this this (laughs) last month. Nobody knows why. He's – Apparently trying to get – Just overslept. Get his, get his head right, get whatever. He's got something going on. We have no clue what it is. Uh, and you're asking whether or not you, he's going to make the roster. Yeah, does he have a chance to make the roster? So I think a lot of it is going to come down to, like, he's going to tell the coaches why he missed that period of time, and that's not information that's likely going to come out to us unless we get, like, a, a big-time – Mike Clisbaum in here. Right. But I don't see that happening. So yeah. the only way we get a Mike Clisbaum is if somehow uh John Elway wants it. Yeah, and it's a compliment to John Elway for yes. letting Carlos Henderson back onto the team. <laughs> Benevolent dictator John Elway allows groveling third round pick to return to <laughs> to return to practice. Yeah, I think this week Cliss's tweet was something like, um, uh, got to give John Elway credit for moving on from <laughs> Menelik Watson. You, you know, like, yeah, eating eight million in dead cap space after. You got to so, hand it to him. <laughs> I also heard that. Okay, so the Broncos put Menelik Watson on injured reserve. He's their their tackle. They signed last off season like seventeen or eighteen million dollars. This off season, his contract became fully guaranteed in March. For five and a half million and I had no clue as to why they kept him on the roster when they could have went out and tried to sign somebody else and if they would have cut him before that they would have been off the hook for his money but I think yeah. Brandon Cristal tweeted something that Watson uh, used his injury and in when he was getting his surgery to ensure that the Broncos had to keep him on the roster this season because uh, they couldn't cut him before the surgery or something. So Watson may have outplayed the Broncos and now will get paid five and a half million dollars this season for doing nothing, which to me yeah. is the ultimate life goal. Yeah, no, he's, he's smart. Uh, he's obviously from England. So yeah, he's they're always smart. He's smarter. He sounds smarter than the rest of us. I think this is just a lesson that you should only get your offensive linemen from either Wisconsin Ohio State or Notre Dame, and never, never the United Kingdom ever. No, do I you don't think care how good they are? Because Watson's out with like a pec injury now, and he had tons of injury issues in Oakland. So I don't know why the Broncos 
thought he deserved as much money as he did. This yeah. this idea when guys are like repeatedly injured uh, and a team's willing to like part ways with them, usually like you you shouldn't bring them in. Uh, yeah. I think the chances the times that that actually works out are far fewer than uh, when they when they obviously they don't. But what if Minelik Watson is so smart that he tore his pec, right? But maybe uh-huh. at home he's lifting and he already tear, he tears it at home and then goes into the game and pretends like he gets hurt there. So he gets all that money. Uh, that would explain why he's unable to pass block in any sort of capacity. Exactly. So, so he injures himself at home and then comes in to work and pretends – and he's basically suckering the Broncos for workman's comp. Yeah. So who do you think was worse after – from like 2016 to 2017 at right tackle? Oh, okay. I'm going to throw in 2015. So we've had some bad ones. Michael Schofield obviously gave up the five sacks to uh, Khalil Mack. Right. Still not signed, by the way. Ty Sam Brilo, uh, Justin Houston's personal bitch. Donald Stevenson. A little bit better than Sam, Sam Brillo, in my opinion, and then Menelik Watson. Who was the worst? Yeah. Jesus. They're all pretty fucking bad. Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, Sam Brillo, he had the shoulder injury. Uh, I think that kind of affected a lot. I also don't think the Broncos should have taken him as early as they did. Uh, Watson... I think the expectations were high, so you thought he was going to be good. But you knew he was injury-prone. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say probably Michael Schofield. Yeah, I don't know if and I'll ever say Schofield for that game. I say that knowing he's done a little bit better in Los Angeles. So God, Fucking course. That makes it worse. Good for him. But uh, he was really bad. And also, like, another draft pick on the yeah. line that just didn't work out. I will say to Schofield's credit, he held up pretty well in the playoffs that year. Right. He didn't ruin any games. I also I think more to do with Peyton Manning though. Yeah. And I also blame like the, the coaching staff for being stubborn yeah. and not fucking getting those guys help earlier. It's like, yeah. they're bad. They're not going to get better. If you just keep telling them like that, suck it up and you do your job, like send a fucking guy to chip, you know, Khalil Mack or whoever the hell else is in there. But no, no, yeah. do that. I was, I was at that game. I was in the South Stands when uh, Schofield gave up all those sacks. And you could just pe- see people, like, just, like, gritting their teeth and be like, somebody fucking chip him now. <laughs> You've got Virgil Green. Or just yeah. put, in a, you're, put in two tackles. Like, I don't care. Yeah, put in Tyler fucking Plumbus and just have him <laughs> run directly into Mac every single play. Right. I don't know. That's just just, just an idea. Um, uh, <laughs> we're digging up old old ghosts here. So, uh, getting on to speaking of injuries, though, like we were talking about with men like Watson, Sue Cravens, he's yeah. injured again. Uh, my question for you, though, do you think Sue Cravens actually exists? Because I'm not convinced. I don't think anybody is really sure it's been stumping theologians since the beginning of time does he exist yeah if uh sua cravens falls in the woods does anybody hear right it's the old (laughs) philosophical question it hard to say uh i mean i don't know i feel like he could be a trick 
an illusion by the Broncos to be a, a mirage have got yeah. us, you know, excited about the defense and that they could cover tight ends when they knew all along they had no plan to cover tight ends in 2018. Uh, I think the thing that's scary about Cravens is not only has he had an injury history in, in Washington, but a shown lack of desire to get back onto the field and play. Um, he was out all of last season because of a concussion injury, which obviously if it was, you know, serious, that's not an injury you want to rush back onto the field and, and do, and you don't want to play until you get it, the, the clear from the doctors. But I think some of what may be going on with him are psychological things. And I think the question is whether or not he actually wants to, to be out there and, and play and again, it's a knee injury, so I don't know how serious it is, but, you know, we're week three into preseason, and we haven't seen him on the field. Vance Joseph said he had a setback like two weeks ago, so they're being smart about it, which is what Vance Joseph has said about every injury. We're being really smart about how we bring this guy back onto the field. But at some point, like, you're trying to make roster decisions, right? So there are guys right. behind Cravens out there playing – and if you're going to keep him, you're probably cutting somebody who has at least put in more of an effort than he has, and it might not be fair to that player. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do with him. You just got to hope he can get out for week four uh, before you have to make those, those final cuts to see if he's got the, the skills to, to even be on the field because he wasn't there last season. So he's a huge question mark. And, yes, yeah. I don't know if he's real, Will. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I've only uh, seen him on Instagram. Not, and as we know, like you can't trust everything you see on Instagram. No. People Photoshop that stuff to death. Uh, but my theory is that no, is he, is he the person he wants us to believe he is? No. Yes. Does he exist? I think it's very possible that he's a new Sasha Baron Cohen character <laughs> and he's going to show up on who is America. And he's going to expose somebody. So I think keep your eyes peeled for that. That's the only explanation I can think of because he's definitely not a, like he's not there to play football. We're going to find out his best friend is Menelik Watson. And they yeah. plotted all of this together. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because Menelik Watson sounds like an allergy in the house character. I never knew anybody named Menelik or Sua my entire life. Yeah, no, there's no Menelik's down the street from me, just saying. Although I like the name Menelik. That's yeah, strong. Especially I, I, if I were a gay porn star. I get it, because it's like men and also lick. Huh, that's, uh, yeah. I would be Menelik Steel. Or Menelik Rodson. I think just Menelik, just like as a standalone name, like Menelik, like Cher, like, like Usher or Beyonce. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Just Menelik. Menelik. It's also a strong. I think it's like a strong middle Kyle name too. Driver. Yeah. If you have a kid, um, I don't know, like you'd, you'd probably get bullied if his first name was Menelik, but if that was his middle name, that's pretty strong. I think. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> probably or... moving along here. <laughs> We're going to do Broncos Redskins preview, right? Yeah, Broncos Redskins. So, pretty simple. 
what do you want to see from the starting unit that should play a half, I think? A not three and out to start the game. I don't care if it's just one extra set of downs, but I swear to God, if I see that happen again, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Uh, because I honestly don't remember the last time I, the, I saw the Broncos offense not go three and out. So that's the first thing I'm going to watch. Uh, second thing I want to see is Adrian Peterson just get destroyed by the Broncos run defense. Uh, I am yeah. not an Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson fan, and I think what what has Adrian Peterson ever done that's wrong? <laughs> don't want to get into it right now, uh, but oh, okay. I, I want to see him destroyed uh, by the Broncos' run defense, and also just because I want to see the Broncos' run defense uh, play well. Um, and third, what's the third thing? Mm, I'll come back to it. You say what you want. I've got one for you. You just want to see everybody have fun and <laughs> be nice to each other. I want to see a good team spirit, you know? Yeah. I want to see guys I want to see guys patting each other on the back and helping guys up off the turf. I, I want to see, see camaraderie. Yeah, and I want to see Vance Joseph play the starters the entire mm-hmm. game. Yeah, cuz we need this win. You can't you just can't go for 3 in the preseason. I don't care how he many injuries come with it. Keep the I, starters yeah. out. He's in danger of, of losing his job if he doesn't win a preseason game. Yeah. You know what they say? It's like, you know, it takes a couple of weeks into the regular season for teams to actually uh, kind of gel and, mm-hmm. and be in football shape because the preseason's like so weak-ass week, weak-ass week. And uh, if the Broncos are smart, they'll get their starters ready now so that they'll sure. beat all the teams early. That's that's galaxy brain stuff. I like it. Maybe you should be coaching this team. I um, so, you know how inspiring I can be. As maybe? qualified, if not more. I I I get the best out of men. Like if you put me in, in a room with told, a, bunch, yeah, okay. a bunch of men, <laughs> I will get out of them everything they have inside of them. I will pull it out of them myself and get them to perform like they have never performed, leaving all of it, all of their (laughs) bodily fluids on wherever. But I can get it out of the men more so than Vance Joseph. And that's why you're simply known as Menelik. Menelik, full circle. The The male porn star. Okay, so things I want to see. I want to see Bradley Chubb get a sack. I think technically he got one against Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if it counted yeah, because – safety counts it. as a sack. Okay, but I want to see, like, uh, him just, like, beating the left tackle and then just, like, bending around the corner and pulling yeah. down. And, He's going against a good left tackle in Trent Williams, who yes. I guess might he Williams might only play one series, uh, one or two series. Like he's gonna yeah. have limited work, but uh, I if he performs well against him, that's uh, I think a good a good sign. Yeah, so he got he definitely got a lot better from week one to week two of the preseason. So I just want to like put any sort of question marks or anything to bed um, that he's going to be a great player. Because, you know, you can always tell he's going to be a great player from the preseason, obviously. 
Do yeah, think, I'd like to see him get a sack. Do you think Washington's receivers are good? Uh, maybe. I mean, it really depends on, like, if Josh Doxson gets better because he's kind of a question mark. It's a trick uh, question. They are not. So if this secondary <laughs> gets worked by those receivers, not going to be happy. Well, he might not be happy. Alex Smith, good quarterback, especially against – well, kind of good against the Broncos. Recently, yeah. Just, just lucky. He hasn't lost to him since 2015. So he knows the defense, a little bit of an, you know, an advantage for Washington. But if the Broncos secondary struggles mightily against the Redskin receiving core, that is a big red flag. Uh, you know, it's hard to disagree with you there. So, yeah, I, I, I'll that's my list. Okay. Added I do not want to see them struggle against the Washington Redskin receivers. Also. More, more important that they call heads or tails to start the game. Um, this is a big tails, decision. Good. Tails right because it never fails. Right answer. Correct. So, I want to see a big play out of Cortland Sutton. Like, I want to see him catch a deep ball this time. Um, obviously, yeah. it has to do a little more with the quarterback because That's he's probably going to catch that one for a touchdown. Uh, a great touchdown reception as well from Chad Kelly. That was a laser. Uh, he proved that he can run more than just a go route. So, really like what I saw from Sutton in, like, basically two big targets last week. Right. Uh, and then finally, like, I just want to see Jake Butt get his name called because he's been pretty invisible so far. Yeah, no, he really has. Uh, and I think uh, Matt Lacoste is going to make the team because he's actually looked yeah. pretty good behind Hireman. And uh, Hireman performed well, not only just like catching balls, but uh, in pass blocking as well as Lacoste. So that's obviously important as a tight end. And with Fumagalli's injury, I don't know when he's going to get on the field. Uh, so Lacoste yeah. kind of a surprise for me this preseason. The other thing, because I, I talk about in my preview video that I want to see, though, is, is Philip Lindsay early in the game against uh, the Washington's ones uh, in third-down situations. You know what I mean? Kind of see how mm -hmm. he, he goes against uh, uh, the best sort of competition you can gauge in preseason uh, as the third-down back, which is the way you're probably going to use him. He's looked great in everything he's done so far, but I, I think that would be kind of like what you're saying with Sutton, kind of a key – thing to take a look at yeah Lindsay looked really good uh, obviously we saw how good he looked as a receiver against the Vikings but he looked a lot better as a runner too against the Bears right so especially like he if, if he can pass block consistently yeah I think that's he's gonna be on, gonna be on the field a lot especially the big unknown because he's a small guy yeah. he's like my size but 30 mm. pounds 40 pounds heavier uh, yeah and not quite as fast all that muscle yeah he's not as fast as me no He's got – yeah, you got him there, so. That's hey, the only I strength mean, I have is speed. Yeah. <laughs> every girl I've ever been with, Will. Mm, usually usually it's them running away from you, but okay. Whoa, that's not where I was going with that, <laughs> but pretty good. Gotcha there. Not a sexual predator, you <laughs> fucking dick. Um, also, uh, pretty important, Chad Kelly. If he can yes. come out and throw all of his passes left-handed, I think <laughs> he could be the starter this year. Uh, so, how how big of a power move do you think it would be for if Paxton Lynch got cut and then Chad Kelly immediately changed his number to 12? Is there any coming back from that for Paxton Lynch, or does he just have to 
like move to a third world country and never be seen or heard or heard from again. I told you he just needs to work on his careers becoming a pro gamer. I think yeah. he can take that world by the storm. Probably. What? Okay, we're gonna transition into NFL talking. Was Chad Kelly twelve in college? Uh, he was eleven at Clemson and ten at Ole Miss. Oh, uh, so he should be nine here. Really. Could take. Yeah, he could take eleven too if uh, you know who doesn't make the roster. So. Who? Carlos Anderson. <laughs> oh, he's eleven, huh? I really okay. didn't know. Double uh, dicks. Okay, we're transitioning to NFL talk for everybody who. Actually, if you don't like us talking about the NFL stuff, just put it on mute and walk away for 20 minutes. Yes. But Because yeah. it hurts our feelings when you just listen to the Broncos. Yeah. And we know we're, who you are. Or just suck it up and listen to it. Like, what do you think you – what do you have to do that's better than this? Probably nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Okay, so the first NFL talk is actually kind of still related to Washington, and it's that Adrian Peterson signed with Jay Gruden's team, the lesser of the two Grudens, because all of their running backs mm-hmm. keep getting hurt. They had, yes. what, P. Ryan go down, mm-hmm. uh, and the other guy, there's two other Darius backs. Guys, yeah. Well, Darius yeah, Darius guys went down week one. So they're banged up. Capri Bibbs is getting a lot of action for for uh, Washington right now. Uh, yep. But then, at, like, later in the day or the day after they signed Adrian Peterson, the Chiefs release Sharkandrick West, who has played with Alex Smith, uh, I think maybe even a better fit for the way Washington runs their offense. They do – they, at least with Kirk Cousins there, they used to run a ton of screen passes to, the, to their backs. Mm-hmm. And Bibbs had seven catches last week uh, anyway. So do you think they're regretting not waiting a day and going after a guy like Sharkandrick West, or do you think they'll be happy with Peterson? Or do you think both would be sucky? No, I think we Char- obviously like Adrian Peterson is a better – pure running back but Charkandrick West I think is a better fit for what they do because Adrian Peterson can basically do one thing and it's run in a power blocking scheme out of an I formation he's basically useless if you're handing it off to him in the shotgun formation like you might as well just I don't know you might as well just kneel down if you're going to do that and Charkandrick West can do a lot of things uh obviously like the the chief chief's offense was run uh, a lot of the times out of the shotgun, um, a lot of zone concepts, and they threw him the ball too. And Adrian Peterson basically refuses to participate in the passing game whatsoever. He is truly like a 70s, 80s style running back that just does one thing and does it really well, but right. that's not really what today's NFL is. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there too for you know your quarterback and running back to be on the same page and for Alex Smith to kind of already know that with a guy like West would have been a a, a, a good fit. Plus, Sharkandrick West is 27. Adrian Peterson is, what, 33? Yes, he's been for around for a long time. Six extra years. Um, lots of fumbles for Adrian Peterson. Nobody really talks about that. He's kind of a – He's got a yeah. lot of fumbles. People uh, don't like to admit it, but uh, they probably would have been in the Super Bowl in 2009, 2010 if he hadn't fumbled like 
three fucking times in the championship game. Yeah. I think he's got like 42 career fumbles. So, which is a um, lot. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah uh, McKenzie trying to break that record, but yeah. Right. Um, so it's interesting, uh, to see, it'll be a fun thing to watch. I don't know, in that game to see kind of who gets yep. looks. I'm hoping Capri Bibbs is a former Bronco and Colorado state running back, uh, makes, makes the roster. Um, I don't know. He's shown signs to be kind of explosive and also yeah. catch, you know, great at catching passes out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, scored a long, uh, he scored a touchdown for them, I think, at the end of the year. Played pretty well for them. Obviously, right. like, they traded him to San Francisco, but ended up catching on with Washington. Caught like five or six passes in their game against the Jets last week. So, they're using him. And, like, they're using him kind of how they were using Chris Thompson before he got hurt. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically what – I took away from watching Washington. It's like, oh, they throw a ton of fucking screen passes. <laughs> yeah, which is why Adrian Peterson is kind of a questionable yeah. signing. But I don't know who am I. Who am I to question uh, J- Jay Gruden? Who am right. I to question him? Right. So obviously, from Gruden to Gruden. Yes. Uh, John Gruden signed a cornerback, former uh, Giant, former Bronco, Dominique Rogers Cromarty. And uh, I said on Twitter, and I'll say it here again, uh, Dominique Rogers-Cromartie has John Gruden's favorite characteristic uh, as a football player. Having which a is, lot of letters in his name? Nope. Which is oh. he was in the National Football League the last time John Gruden was still a coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been around forever. Because Gruden's been signing a bunch of old guys in case uh, that joke – over anybody's head okay yeah i mean marshawn lynch doug martin dominique rogers kamadi jordy nelson the raiders are definitely favorites to win super bowl 47 uh i don't know what more you can say like i'm glad that they didn't sign george loca instead because i think that would have been a much more valuable signing for them is it george loca or george ioka 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 yeah. Very Plays Ricky Martin-ish. A little bit. <laughs> uh, that's, a, uh-huh. that's a that's a that's uh, a that's a stretch. Cut. That's, that's a, a stretch, Will. Uh, William. Stretch. Uh yeah. do you think yeah, no, uh where did Ioka go? Minnesota. Minnesota, right. And that's a yes. great signing for them. Man. They already have the two best safeties in the league. And if something happens to one of those guys like him coming in to, you know, give them a, a break or if they want to have three fucking safeties on the field, like that defense, that's a great fit. Um, Dominique Rogers cromartie do you think the Broncos should have uh, taken a look at him or do you think he's too old and washed up? I don't know how he played last year. I think he played pretty well. I think the Giants wanted him back, but no, I'm too much I'm cool. Yeah, I, I, they haven't said like how much he signed for in Oakland. I assume it's like I assume it's a one-year contract because if it's anything longer than one year, I think Khalil Mack would be <laughs> beside himself right now. Uh, but that would be a very John Gruden thing to do at the same time. I assume it's like one year, four or five million dollars. But I'm cool with testing out Yadam for the time being, and if they really want to get a cornerback. Go after Kayvon Webster, who 
obviously knows He's the defense. Trying to get work. Can play special teams really, really well. Yeah, but I mean, coming back uh, from an Achilles injury, that's always a little scary. A little dicey. A little dicey. For but I think a good good depth option for sure. Right. Okay, so I think the next thing is the helmet targeting rule. Very popular amongst everyone. Very, yeah, a lot of people getting mad online about this helmet rule. I am one of those people. I, yeah, I've been, I don't know, because it's it's really hard. Like, you really want to tell yourself uh, that I'm not going to get mad at something that happens in preseason. Um because that's just not a good look for yourself, I think. You really shouldn't get too invested on anything that happens before, like, September 6th, I think. So I'm, I'm going to try to stay optimistic, Sith. They're just calling it, like, as a blanket rule, and they're going to sort it out later on. But they said they're not, Will. They admitted hey, this. Newsflash, Brandon. The NFL ago. says a lot of things, and then they do something else. Yeah, they're a bunch of fucking liars. That's all we know for sure about the NFL. Here's, here's what I don't get, okay? I don't understand why you would call the rule one way in preseason to confuse your refs, confuse the fucking players, and then change it for the regular season. That, to me, doesn't seem to help anybody. Why not just because practice so, calling it yeah. correctly through the preseason? Because it's such a hard rule to call that I think that they want to collect the data on it. <laughs> I don't. I'm not That's convinced there is any hearing. data. We we want to collect the data and take a look at everything and sh- just call it the way it's supposed to be called. You fucking nerds. That way you don't call it. Ready. I I think it's best that you just not call it because I don't know. Like I, you and I both played football at one level or another. Yeah, I played right? D1 college. And then I got kicked yeah. out for doing too much drugs. Uh, well, that's for another episode. That's the story that I'm going to tell everybody and my children. <laughs> no, well, yeah. No, you'll have to wait for the 30 for 30 to come out. Um, don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, like they teach you to – like you don't use your head necessarily, but you, like you plant your head like at their hip, like on the side of their hip when you tackle and you wrap right. up. Like, you can't just, like, have your head like this the whole time. Like, that's not how it works. Like, that's yeah. just not how biology is. is like, and you can keep your head up and your eyes up, and obviously that's the best way to do a form tackle. Yeah, but yeah, it's not going to work every time. <laughs> to go in, like, yeah. you're, you're not – you can't be like, okay, I got to do my head up here, not right here, right here. You know what I mean? Like, when you're going in, that head's probably going to go down. Yeah. I think looking to see if and I get what they're trying to do, right? And yeah. I think I think the two areas it makes sense is one area they already had covered. Like you don't want to see a player leading with his helmet into another guy's helmet. Like Correct. the helmet to helmet rule already fine. Nobody had a problem with it, right? The other thing is like I think when when it happens and the player didn't need to lay into somebody, even though maybe it's legal. Like somebody, I don't know, kind of unsuspecting player just gets taken out on a kickoff, a kick return, or away from the play, and you see 
you know, the guy go in with that sort of angle makes sense to me. But to to bring it into where defenders are trying to tackle ball carriers, when if you look, ball, almost every ball carrier lowers his head before getting hit because that's kind of how you defend yourself. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's like a recipe for disaster. And when I played football, like I was one of the guys who was, I was a very good tackler, very good form tackler. Like and, Champ Bailey, yeah. But I, but part of that's because like I was too scared to lay super hard hits on people because I didn't want to like drop my head <laughs> into players. So it's <laughs> like, I'll just get low and I'm short. So that was easy and wrap up and like, let them like fall over to the side. But that was just because I was a pussy. So these guys who make it to the NFL aren't pussies. They're not scared to do that. No. And not a single player was complaining about the that beforehand. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. Like Okay. So form tackling works as long – like it works really well and you don't have to use your head as long as the person is standing like straight up and <laughs> right. running backs don't stand straight up. They, they run very low to the ground. Uh, they get their shoulders down when they run. Uh, basically they try to make it so you can't like form tackle them in open space. Like you kind of just have to get low too. Like you have to use your shoulders too and, and get low to the ground. And it's just, it's going to make things really, really easy for the offense. I think we're going to see a lot of just whiffed tackles um, a lot of, obviously like the penalty yards yardage is going to be a, a real thing and, and that's going to help offenses get down the field yeah. a lot, but you just have to hope that like it, it gets sorted out. Maybe not at the beginning of the regular season, um, but if there's a crisis, like they'll crisis, they'll do something about it. A football crisis in America. Yeah. Do you get think, do you think the NFL does this every year on purpose? Like they, they know it's going to get everybody talking about it. They don't really give a shit about the game. They just want to keep people like interested and angry because that is a tension. It's like, I, I feel like you can. Like, don't think the NFL is that competent. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Fair enough. They are too stupid to be that <laughs> calculated. Yeah. So I, I would say. I don't know if they need it. Like I could see a lesser sport trying to go for that angle but the nfl like people are just watching no matter yeah. what happens like you could just you could pretty much do anything and people would still watch i think yeah i think the we're just trying to take the head out of the game is like the dumbest fucking sentence you yeah in the head out of the game you know you it's, just can't. like it's not gonna happen like at some point like you have to accept the risk in football yeah. And I think every player out there has like they, yes. the whole thing, the whole problem arose because the NFL hid concussion effects from players for mm -hmm. many, many years. Right. And they let people take on head injuries over and over again, which is the worst thing you can do for a head injury. Nobody was like, nobody was telling them, you know, we got to just get rid of concussions out of the game. We got to get rid of it. Like, do everything you can to make it helmets better, to make players aware of what the repercussions are for if you do try to play through a concussion or if you go back too early from it, and continue to educate at every level of football the best way to tackle and you know play the game to, to keep your body safe and healthy. But 
the reason people like football is because of the violence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a big part of the, the draw. And when players understand the risk of it, I think it's, it's still appealing. And if somebody doesn't want to play because they know how serious head trauma is, I, I'm fine with that. The NFL yeah. is never going to run out of people wanting to play <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, like, talking yeah. about like a drop in youth participation and all this stuff. Uh, I don't think it's – Yeah. If it does affect the NFL, it's very far down the line. And I also – yeah. Be dead anyway, so. <sighs> yeah, so nothing to worry about. I also don't think like necessarily kids should be playing tackle football before high school. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary before then really. Like it's great to learn the game and like you can learn it through flag football or whatever. Or just like watching it or you know you can participate in sports in other ways but uh, I think before high school like it's just kind of unnecessary well yeah and especially especially what we know now about how much more a child's brain is at risk from yeah. multiple concussions so right um, the Chiefs fans have been calling that 69 yard Mahomes to Tyreek Hill pass against the Falcons quote the pass so my question to you is, how big of a loser do you have to be to give a preseason play a nickname? A uh, big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you have to be like someone who hasn't won a Super Bowl since. Yeah, you have to be desperate. You have to yeah. be desperate. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even so know let's just make happening. fun of the Chiefs. Yeah, no, it's a real thing. That's uh, a real thing. The pass is what they're calling it. The pass, yes. When when did that pass occur in the game? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was like the first or second quarter. Yeah, it's silly. So, yeah, when you think of like signature plays in the NFL, Dwight Clark, the catch, uh, the catch two with Terrell Owens, the right. fumble, the drive. I those, also think Those were also games that those teams last week. Those teams won in in meaningful, the playoffs. <laughs> meaningful games. The Chiefs got blown out last week. They scored 14 points. And their opponent yeah, scored, you what, like how, 40? But did you see how far he threw the ball? Yeah, he threw very far. Yeah, that was 69 yards. I'm, I'm shocked that no one made a better nickname, like the nicest pass of all time. But that's probably over a lot of Chiefs fans' heads, to be yeah. honest. I will say Tyreek Hill's probably going to pose some problems. Yeah, he's really, really, he's really fast. I think, but like, he's like the kind of guy you you can just manhandle on the fucking line. So you put, I don't know. I would just, I would just <laughs> hit him give, every play. Give, yeah, give him a taste of his own medicine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's a dickhead. <laughs> so um, we're gonna yeah. close this out with your new segment. We're gonna. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a segment here. It's called Take Hunters. Take Hunters. Like Brandon said, it's not like House Hunters. It's for takes. So basically what I've done is I use my brain, my very smart brain, to come up with five pretty dumb takes that I think are so dumb that somebody dumb on Twitter has already thought of it. Uh, so okay. basically, like, I thought of a hot take. Uh, for example, this isn't one I'm going to use, but, like, Von Miller isn't the best Broncos defender or like Chad Kelly's going to win rookie of the year, like Ben Simmons. So you think of a dumb take. And then what I'm going to do is ask Brandon 
do you think someone on Twitter has already actually made that take? Like non-ironically, uh, not knowing anything about this segment, they just put that take out into the wild for other people to see. Um, so if he says yes, and I search the tweet on Twitter and find out that someone has in fact made that tweet and, and made that take, he gets a point. Um, if not, you know, if he gets it wrong, obviously no points awarded. Um, but we're going we're, we're gonna to do five takes here. And who knows if this segment's going to be good. It could be the worst thing you've ever heard or seen on a video. So we're, we're trying things out. Um, we're trying to be creative here. We're trying. So, yeah. Here's take hunters. Take hunters. All right. Take the first take I have for you. Adrian Peterson will rush for 2,000 yards with the Redskins in 2018. Do you think someone has made that take on Twitter? Oh, man. I feel like somebody probably has. <laughs> but I'm going to say no. Okay. All right. I've got it, I've got it queued up, so I'm going to look for it now. Um, You'd have to be an idiot to believe that. Ooh. Uh-oh. Somebody say that? Uh, at Johnny Obeed, August 19th, when the Redskins sign Adrian Peterson and he gets over 2,000 yards again. Uh, greater than symbol, greater than symbol, greater than symbol. There it is. If that, if that happens this season, I will shave off my beard. Wow. That's that- – uh, <laughs> Let's do a week-by-week Adrian Peterson uh, yard count. And if he gets 2,000 yards, I'll shave oh. my beard off. I got it. I got, a, just, I got a, a pure take here. At underscore Louis P. Oh, this is <laughs> December 2012. Redskins lead the NFL in rush yards a little over 2,400 yards. Adrian Peterson has over 2,000 himself. I thought that was a prediction. That's uh, actually what happened yeah. in 2012. Uh, but no, we actually did get one. Uh, Adrian Peterson gets over okay. 2,000 yards. So I have zero points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next hot no. take. take. Okay. Hunters. Take hunters. We just talked about him. Pat Mahomes is your 2018 MVP. I think I just spit on the laptop a little bit, but that's okay. Knowing <laughs> that the that Chiefs fans are already giving names to their preseason plays, I'm going to say yes. Somebody is that. Somebody yeah. is that. Easy. All right, so I've got um, – someone... Their name's going to be like uh, <laughs> like Chief Guy 101 or uh, Chiefs, Arrowhead Chiefs Football Hunter something. All right, so I've got someone that quote tweeted the pass and said Pat Mahomes is going to be an MVP. Didn't say 2018. Okay. I've got one that says Pat Mahomes 2019 MVP. Oh, uh, I've got one that says Pat Mahomes, the nine-time NFL MVP, <laughs> will bring me victory. Um, see, I see. like that tweet. That's a tweet I would make. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I cannot be more excited. Pat Mahomes for MVP. So he's already saying he, he's going to vote for him. To oh, be. okay. I got it. I got it. Someone quote, to, quote tweeted, what's the hottest take? you got about your team right now say it with your chest before camp starts and then harris ben 37 tweeted pat mahomes nfl mvp so it's been and said what right below it pat mahomes gonna win mvp this year remember so, this week and i, I also think 
for this segment, if you find like a known sports personality or a like uh, a blue check mark, like that's like two sports points. writer to say something like this. Uh, the, yeah, it's it's two points. Two points. Okay, so you got that one. So I'm you're one for one, baby. Yeah. I think you're one for two, actually. Take but. hunters. <laughs> I'm okay. one and one. You're right. Oh, one and one. Yeah. One for two. Shout okay. Out. This is uh, this is a wild take here, but I think someone might have said it somewhere along the line. Uh, Colin Kaepernick will be deified and become a saint. Whoa. Not like a, not like a New Orleans saint, like a saint in the Catholic Church. Right. Like he's Honestly, going to I, I think, achieve sainthood. Uh, I think Kaepernick has a better chance of being named like a, an actual saint than playing in the NFL again. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. That's why maybe this take isn't as hot as I thought. All right, so I searched it. I'm going to scroll through. Um, I don't see it. Okay. I feel like that's too specific. Like, yeah, uh, somebody has to say it. Oh, boy. Uh, from – November 13th, 2017, at Josh Cohen Radio. Colin Kaepernick has become a martyr. He is on the cusp of sainthood. Next July, he'll present an award at the ESPYs and receive a tearful standing ovation. Watch. Hashtag Colin Kaepernick. Well, it didn't happen as quickly as that that (laughs) man predicted, but that is a bold take. Yeah. Uh, Also from at Adam Soak. (laughs) I think he's Mormon. at Kaepernick 7, I wish I had $10,000 to match your generosity to one of the organizations you're highlighting. In the meantime, you're on a glide path to civic sainthood. Okay. Dang. Yeah. So, so, did I say that that would happen or not? Uh, I think you said technically yes, because it's more likely than him actually like playing in the NFL. Cool. Finally, um, from 2012 – uh, Dan Deerdorf has turned John Gruden in his effusive praise of Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure he'll be contacting at Pontifex, which is the Pope Saint Twitter account. Uh, or not Saint, but like just his Pope's Twitter account. Pope Twitter. Uh, next about sainthood. So that's from wow. 2012. That but, before he even became a charity yeah. guy. Like, uh, I'm going to do better stuff for the world guy. Correct. So, so yeah, people think that hot. Colin Kaepernick will be deified. Um, as a saint. So <laughs> we'll give you two for three there. Yes. Uh, next one. And I think this take might not have been hot enough, but we're going to give it a shot. Browns win the AFC North. I don't think anybody believes that, but uh, could I see a Browns fan saying that? Yes. Browns, you're not giving Browns fans enough credit. I think they're intelligent people. I do too, but I think they're <laughs> being sold a little bit of uh, Kool-Aid from Hard Knocks. The Hard Knocks thing will probably make this a reality. Not like that they're actually going to win the NFC, AFC North, but you know, the fact that people will predict it. Um, from, here's your blue check mark, at the score, Vegas taking heavy bets on Browns to win AFC North, comma, Super Bowl. Okay. Also, gonna win a lot. Uh, at okay, so here's from my bookie at bet my bookie. Maybe it's the hashtag hard knocks effect, as we've have as we've have 
good grammar. More people betting the hashtag Browns to win the AFC North than the hashtag Steelers, hashtag Ravens, and Bengals combined. Dang. So people actually do believe this take because they're betting on it. That's insane. I mean, that's better than it. That's better than a take. Yeah, that's a hey. I'm gonna put some of my hard-earned money on this. Yeah. So um, that's tough. The hype is more than real. Okay, seven rounds. Yeah. Real. Here's just a good like Twitter take um, that'll just put this one to bed. Um, at Brown Brown C26. This was 17 hours ago. Hugh Jackson is not going anywhere. Baker Mayfield won't start one game, and the Browns will win the AFC North. Folks better get that in their heads. I don't know, man. I don't trust Todd Haley. I don't trust their fucking Greg Williams. Uh, I'm not sure how good of a head coach Hugh Jackson actually is. Uh, For this team to make it that far through a season, I think is a stretch. But do I think they'll be better this year? Yeah, they've (laughs) got a lot of talent. They literally have to be. They've got talent. So we'll see. There's fuck not getting worse. I don't think you – I don't think you can win a negative game, but – yeah, <laughs> nothing lower than zero. So, but if there was a way to find out uh, – They would have to forfeit the season for it to be worse. Like, just have to give up. Say so we're not playing anymore. Yeah. I think Carl Nassib would have to be uh, <laughs> arrested for tax fraud. He's probably the one placing all those bets. (laughs) Yeah, because he's just a fucking moron. Yeah, that guy's a meathead. All right. um, Moving along. The last take I have. This one's not about an NFL team, um, but it's about Brandon Perna. Um, And that take is Brandon Perna has a fake beard. Your thoughts? (laughs) Somebody said that, I will find them, and I will rip out some of these hairs from my face, and I will make them eat it. And I will say, (laughs) you think that's fake now? You think that beard's fake now? And yes, I'm sure somebody's probably said that. No (laughs) way. On Twitter, though, I don't think anybody said that on Twitter. Maybe like in my YouTube content comments. Yeah, weigh in in the comments. Do you think Brandon has a fake beard? Is, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just putting it out. Fake. I'm just putting it out there as something that someone might say. All right, let's see what Twitter has to say. Brandon Perna, fake beard. No results for Brandon yes. Perna, fake beard. Yes. Your beard's safe this week. Four out of five, mother lovers. Or three out of five, I don't know. The yeah. points don't matter. No. They really, they really don't. Uh, it's, it's just, just about like, that we have something to talk about. <laughs> showing that people have some pretty fucking wild takes. Let's and they're generally on very stupid. Talk about. Talk about. Yeah. Okay, well that's uh, the inaugural edition of Take Hunters. We um, did it. We made it through, everybody. Yeah, that might have been the worst segment of all time. It might have no, been. That was all right. I think we just. Do, funny. I think we do three takes and. Uh, I don't know. If you guys have suggestions, please let us know. We're always trying to be uh, just above mediocre, and we will continue to, work too hard, but like to do that. Uh, Broncos, Redskins, uh, Friday. Friday, Friday night. 
we'll have a I'll have a recap video up after that. Will Keys is uh, writing for That's Good Sports, uh, so That's Good Sports Connected to my Patreon account, Will is putting articles there. Um, so make sure you check it out. He's on Twitter at Will Keys Six. And Instagram. He's helping me out with my Instagram. We're doing daily uh, NFL updates there with very funny captions. Sometimes just kind of funny captions and sometimes not funny captions. But again, they are there. Sometimes just captions that make you sad. Yeah. At Brandon Perna on Instagram. That's where those are. If you made it this far in the podcast, Will, what should they say? I think they should weigh in on your fake beard. I mean, just beard and whether it's fake. Not that it is fake, because it's definitely not fake. Get a discussion going about this. Yeah. See that I mean, gray? some people might think that my beard was fake because I don't have it anymore, but um, mm. that's just what happened to when you shave. So, when was the last time you shaved, by the way? I think people want to know. Uh, I mean, I trim it every now and then. No, but like, just got rid of it. I haven't, ha- I haven't been without a beard for like six years, so mm. it's been you a long think, time. You think you'll ever get rid of it, ever? Probably one day. What, what like what would have to happen to get you to shave your beard? Uh, my wife divorcing me. I was thinking more like, some, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But like, I was thinking something like wild that would happen in the NFL that would be like Adrian right, Peterson runs for two thousand yards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, people. Um, Keep note of uh, Adrian Peterson's rushing totals this year because uh, Brandon Perner just said it. If he surpasses 2,000 yards, I'll shave the beard. Beard's coming off. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. But yeah. Bye. See you guys.